Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 38th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Please help grow the podcast by sharing it on social media, telling your friends about it, and by leaving a rating or comment. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. That way you won't miss out on any news about the podcast. I'd like to welcome on a very special guest, Seth Merrill. Seth is the Corporate Marketing Manager at the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, Class A affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. Can't wait to catch up with Seth right after this break. Seth, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, taking the time out of your evening. I know uh, Sunday night football is going on. Uh, your pack won today. Yeah, dude, good day. Yeah. So you just recently got promoted to corporate marketing manager. Can you kind of describe what your new duties in this role are? Sure. Yeah. First, thanks for having me on. Um, I enjoy listening to your podcast. It's cool to listen to other people uh, in the same boat as me. There's not too many other podcasts out, like, they're out, uh, like that out there. So Thank you, appreciate man. It. Um, yeah. Um, so as a corporate marketing manager, more or less what it is, it's a fancy way of saying I sell corporate sales sponsorships. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people think I'm in like marketing, like social media and stuff. So I get a lot of kids that like reach out to me and want to interview, like informational interviews, and they're disappointed when they find out I don't. I sell stuff. I don't post <laughs> stuff on uh, Facebook. Um, I get that. Yeah, so I work with corporate partnerships. It's a cool gig. Like um, I came from groups. I worked on tickets for seven years. Um, started off in group sales, became director of group sales, then oversaw groups and suites. Um, and they kind of oversaw some over ticket or some season tickets as well. Then move over to this position three years ago. This has been my third season. Okay. So, yeah, I like it though. It's um, it's really cool. It's not like building relationships, you know, where groups is a number game. Yeah. Um, but I left groups. I had my last year. I had six hundred fifty groups that I booked. So um, there's a lot, a lot of work, and like groups are just like it's a lot of like busy work, you know. Yeah. Like, you're having to worry about the weather and all that kind of stuff where corporate's a little bit more uh, reserved and you meet a lot of cool people and yeah build a lot of relationships which is nice yeah yeah and there's a ton of businesses up there like in Appleton and Green Bay and stuff mm-hmm. like that so so I can imagine like keeps you pretty busy for sure for sure yeah we're a pretty well known commodity up here um, so I think baseball in Appleton's been around for I don't know 70, 80 years now we were the Foxes for a really long time mm-hmm the T-Rats like 25 years ago so like yeah we have a really strong following so it's definitely not a hard job getting people on board with us which is nice yeah yeah for sure so you guys meaning the Timber Rattlers have a Collegewood Bat League team you guys just bought it or 
I guess started started it a couple years ago. Fond du Lac yeah. Dock Spiders. So what's it like having your t- team own another team? And do you sell for them as well? Sure. Um, so it's so most years, except for, anyway, let me start from the beginning. Yes, the first year uh, we had our hands involved a little bit as a full-time staff, um, just getting their feet off the ground, obviously. Um, so like Ryan Mead, who was our, uh, in charge of tickets for us, moved over there, became their GM. But we helped him with corporate, um, kind of getting some group stuff off the ground too. Then okay. they're kind of a well-oiled machine, just did everything themselves for a couple years. Um, but the crazy thing is, I'm in kind of a different boat than most people in minor league baseball because this year I actually got to work baseball games. So um, okay. the North the Northwoods League actually got to play. Yeah, um, they got to play 25 percent capacity, which is the dock what the Ducks Bears are in. Yeah. So instead of bringing full or excuse me, instead of bringing part time kids back to work in games, they had all of us full time staff go to Fond du Lac for every game and work like part timers, like game day oh, staff. Interesting. So yeah, so it's like getting back to your roots, you know. Right. Um, so. For me, it was super good. So they kind of put you in places they thought that you would do well in, obviously. So for me, uh, ironically, my degree is in radio TV film. Um, and then I was an intern with the Mass of Mallards. I was the uh, webcast director. Intern. Okay. So that's what I did for the Doc Spiders. And granted, that was 10 years ago. So nice. Technology's changed a little bit. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I'm date, date myself a little bit here. but um, So it was cool, man. It was cool to like... Yeah, kind of see it from that. It makes you really appreciate, again, like what your part-time staff does. I feel like you don't, you're so involved, you know, when you're a full-time person, you're so involved in what you have to do. You take a lot of those part-timers for granted, the game day staff. Yeah. Um, that really kind of run your business for you, you know? True, true. Um, so it was nice to, yeah, it was cool to like get back into it. It was me and then Jared, who's our, our uh, video director here in Appleton. So yep. Uh, um, it was nice to have him right next to me. He he did all the graphics and stuff, which is yeah. like good because I have no idea how to do that stuff. But, yeah, um, I yeah. I've actually met Jared too. Um, I went to a convention, I guess, a conference um, in St. Louis, and it was with like oh, yeah. video boards and social media marketing and stuff like that. And so I got to hang out with Jared quite yeah. a bit there. Um, great guy, Nick Gunther, right? Nick Gunther. Yes, I think up there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're good guys. Oh sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's kind of funny though. Uh, at that, uh, at the end of the day, we actually won the, our pod. So I actually am getting a championship ring out of it. Which is Ooh, really bizarre. Like I would never have thought with everything going on. Yeah, yeah. That uh, we would have won some sort of championship, but we did. Yeah. So it's uh, typically, like I said, we don't normally. Um, we're not too involved. Like the last couple of years, like I take my my wife and kids to a game for fun. Um, yeah. But I wasn't involved. But I do, I can sell corporate stuff for them. So I have some sponsors that double dip, you know, oh, do, sure. stuff with them and do stuff with us. So instead of having uh, them work with somebody totally different, I just do, deal with it. So I probably have five or six clients that, that I work with on the Ducks player side too. Cool, cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, you don't want to take your, um, you know, your, like your part-time employees for granted because um, basically in Beloit, it was all the full-time staff, and then, like, we had volunteers run our concession right. stands. So it, you you Appreciate never it. forget to praise them because um, they'll let you know for sure. Yeah, it was a whole different beast on there, man. Uh, I give you guys a lot of credit for, um, for what you had to do down there, what you had to do. Granted, things are changing now a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll get into that here soon, too. Sure. Um, yeah. 
So how do you balance working in minor league baseball along with having a young family? And there's a lot of hours, um, like we talked about, you know, I just, I know it'd be extremely difficult. So. Sure. Um, I, I get asked this a lot. Usually it's from people outside of our organization. Um, cause the funny thing is like inside of our organization, like there's a lot of people, um, that are kind of in my same boat that have kids. Like obviously our president Rob has kids. His kids are a little older than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, mine are seven and three. Um, but it's kind of funny when I when I got into minor league baseball, I was engaged, and I, it was kind of something I thought about down the road. Like I'm going to balance it with the hours because um, back I mean it was just my wife and I. Like it was wasn't that big of a deal because I came from the restaurant industry, so I was used to those type of hours. Sure. Um, but I think the big thing is is that our uh, organization's super flexible. Rob's a, a really great boss. Um, it's he's always said family first, no matter what. If you know, just the flexibility of our job is crazy. Like for example, if I woke up tomorrow morning and one of my kids was sick, I literally just text Rob and Mary, our office manager, and say, "Hey, I'm not going to be in today. My kids are sick. There, no questions asked." Yeah. Um, and like we have a lot of vacation time. We get when we work weekends, we get those days back in vacation time. So. Um, yeah, it's it's super flexible, and he and yeah, I think that's why our organization. I don't want to sound brash, but I think our organization is a really great organization and does so well because we keep people around so long. Yeah, because again, they're so flexible, you know. Um, and the funny thing is, is like especially like this this summer um, without baseball, like I never thought I'd see the day where my wife said she missed baseball. <laughs> she yeah. said that at one point. I'm like, what? Whoa! I never really thought that, you know. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is like. Uh, she brings the kids to games all the time. Um, and my son just loves, my son's grown up there pretty much. Yeah. Um, and ironically, I cannot over, so all of us have like different areas of the ballpark that we oversee on game days, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you did. Um, in my the area, I oversee is kid zone. So like inflatables and stuff. Nice. So I'm like the cool dad that has the kids on wristbands for my kids and their buddies. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, my wife, will bring, she probably brings the kids to shoot. I bet you 10 to 15 games a summer. Um, okay. And we have food cards for our families that they come visit, or we can get them whatever they want to eat for free. So nice. Um, yeah, my wife bring the kids. I'll bounce in the bounce house. She'll have a beer and a hot dog and watch the game from the grass. And um, my kids like it felt bad because our ballpark's right next to the highway, so we drive past a lot. And they always say just how much they miss it and how much they want to come, you know, come visit. And obviously, it's a little different situation right now where they can't really visit, but. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's the organization I work for. Luckily, it's just super flexible. Um, and again, it's. I think that's what make, makes it such a great organization to work for. Yeah. Um, so that I'm going to jump ahead a question because you kind of tied into sure. it. So, like, do you? How else do you feel? Um, you know. So the Timber Rattlers were named to the top fifty list of best employers in all of sports by front office sports. Yeah. And you alluded to the time off, the family first mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that certainly plays into it there. How else does, do the timber rattlers, you know, qualify as the top 50 of best employers in all of sports? Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to be named that. I mean, you kind of take some pride in being an employee there. Um, yeah. We're the we're the only minor league team that was named named in that list, which is pretty crazy. There's some pretty great organizations out there, obviously. Sure. Um, um, yeah, like I mean, I don't even know where to to you know to start. Um, yeah, the, as a parent, the flexibility is insane. Um, 
I think it's like, but, and I, you probably say this for every organization, you're literally like a family. I mean, you're, you spend so much time together. Right. Um, and there's, yeah, there's about 30 of us in our front office. Um, everybody really cares for each other. Um, yeah, again, it starts from the top. Like, Rob's a great, great boss. Um, he started off as an intern like 20 years ago. Um, worked his way up to president at 28, 29 years old, I think. Yeah. He's been there for about... Yeah, he's been there a long time. Um, and with the family and stuff, he's just, he, like, he doesn't babysit you. He lets you kind of do things on your own. Like, kind of talked about before you went on the air, um, in certain roles, he's just kind of like, you, he trusts you enough where you just do it. And if you make a mistake, like, I feel like it's a place that's super welcoming for you to just, like, give things a shot and see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never felt one time ever, like, and I've had jobs before this where I, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're just like, I just don't want to go <laughs> to work, you know? And yep. I can honestly say, and I've been there almost 10 years, so there's never been one day. Um, I, well, there's a day, last summer we had a day where we had a concert and a final driver saw fucking back to back, and I was going like two hours of sleep. Like that day, I didn't want to go to work. But sure. Otherwise, yeah, every other day. You know, it's, um, yeah, man, like, there's just so many great things I can say about it. It would take forever, but. It's just a really welcoming organization, and again, it starts from the top, and it speaks volumes with just the people we have there. I've been there, yeah, almost ten. It'll be ten years in February, and longevity-wise, I'm like the thirteenth longest tenured employee. That's kind of crazy. And almost ten. Yeah. Um, so there's like thirty-two of us, and so thirteen or a dozen of them have been there longer than ten years, which is crazy. Yeah. Like baseball. So I remember my last year in Beloit. I was the most tenured employee by by like a whole year and maybe two years. I don't know, but like I had only been there for four years, so um, that kind of is it is wild. It was just a revolving door, and there there was a lot of reasons for that. I mean, frankly, yeah. so but it's it is wild. Like I look at your guys' organization, like I know a handful of people that work there, including yourself, and it's just like. They've been there for so long. Um, yeah. Aaron's been there forever. Rob's been there oh, yeah. forever. Chris has been there yeah. <laughs> for, for literally forever. Um, yeah. um, uh, and then um, the other corporate sales guy, Conniff, uh, he's been there Conniff, forever yeah. too. Um, he's been there too long too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, it's it's yeah. kind of crazy. Like. I look at you guys' front yeah, office. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you guys have been there forever. It's awesome. It's it yeah, speaks volumes, honestly. For sure, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I think it helps. It's our success is based off that. And again, I think Rob being so flexible and stuff, people want to stay. Like, right. You know, we have a lot of like Anne in our office and Dana in our office, like young moms. You know, especially like, unfortunately, like this um, career path, especially for moms women you know with the sure. hours and stuff you don't see it very which is you disappointing and hopefully it'll change yeah um but it's it's just crazy how uh yeah how well you've been able to keep people together and um yeah i'm definitely blessed to work there that's for sure really i really enjoy it and uh i don't see myself anywhere else anytime soon knock on wood you know? yeah so. for sure um <laughs> so which job was more fun? I saw on your bio on the team website that you worked at Disney World too. So which job's more fun? Yeah. Working in minor league baseball or Disney World? Sure. 
Well, I mean, those are two very different points in my life. Um, <laughs> you know, now I love my job now. It's a lot of fun. Um, but it's also a career. You know, I have, I have to, to feed some kiddos and, you know, I have a, a full family and work a lot of hours. Disney was a whole, Disney was crazy. Um, so I was 20 years old when I went to work for Disney World to get a semester off of college. Um, they have a, it's called the Disney World College Program. Yeah. So, Pretty much what they do is it sounds fancy, but to be straightforward, all it is is they pretty much they give you credit and you come and just work part. You're, you're literally like a, a gopher for Disney for six months. It's just okay. Cheap employee, cheap employees for them. Um, but the cool thing is, is you go there and you live like in this huge like they have they have like three or four different like apartment like huge. I won't say complex. It's like thousands of apartments, mm-hmm. and it's all college kids that work for Disney. Oh, so okay. It, yeah. So you like I was 20 years old. I had I went to college a half an hour from home. So I'd been away from home for at that point like two years, but I had never been like outside of the state, totally away from my family. Yeah. It was, um, it was crazy. Like I don't tell people it was only like a five month spring break, more or less. Um, it was you live in this huge complex with all these other college kids. I was 20 at the time, which is kind of a regret I had because I wish I would have been 21 at the time. Right. Right. Um, just to enjoy the nightlife um but yeah it was it was cool man like i learned a lot a lot because he worked for this a huge organization yeah um so it was it was cool i met a lot of really great people and it was a lot of fun for sure yeah i think um the guy that was our mascot in beloit went and did that same program um, which is right up, right up his alley too, and I, you know, I just see it on like Facebook and stuff like that, and it looks like yeah. it's still a great time. So well, it's funny that so my, our front office is at thirty two people. There's two other people in our front office that did it too. Um, so Pooby, uh, you know, Pooby is our food and beverage director. He's been with us for like twenty years. Okay, He's in his forties, he did it when he was in college, Whoa. and then Kyle, who's our head of group sales, he's twenty four, twenty five. He did it, so like. You know, you got a 45 guy year old guy in our office that did it. I'm 37, and then a 25 year old guy. So like, it's been around for a really long time. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's like it was just a whole like it was an eye opener. Just from it was just being away from home. I moved in with five guys I never met until I moved there. They literally just throw you an apartment and say, "Here you go." Like, yeah. These are the people you live with. So I had like a roommate from Alaska, I had a roommate from Chicago, I had a roommate from New Orleans, a roommate from Memphis, and a roommate from upstate New York. So they're all over the place, different backgrounds. Uh, right. Um, it's just cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I got to go to the parks for free whenever I wanted. Ooh. Yeah, it was a really good time. cool. Yeah. I, I've never been to Disney World, which I feel like I should go at some point. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's um, cool. But yeah, I've gone three times with my family, and that's the one regret I have is that when I worked there, I could go for free whenever I wanted, and I didn't probably take advantage of it as much as I should have. Yeah. And now I go with my family, it's like five grand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fly down there, take them, you know? True. It's like, I could have went for free, like, all the time. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it kind of sounds like a similar experience to when I was an intern for sports science on ESPN. Um, yeah, I heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, so they're based out of L.A., and I had never been to L.A. before, never been to the West Coast before. Flew there by myself, didn't have a car, borrowed somebody's bike to get back and forth to work. Um, and I lived in a hostel with, like, 
20 other yeah. people and it was you know pe- you talking about? that's crazy yeah people were um there were guys that wanted to be r&b singers or rappers there was a girl that was a model okay. in there there was people that um were were studying to be actors um it was it, yeah it's a wild world it's it is literally a different world compared to like the east coast for sure right. or the midwest i'm sure too so yeah which is it's cool though it was like i'm sure like well, for you, it's just like it totally changed your perspective on a lot of different things. Absolutely, um, living with all these like you, you were thrown in the mix with a bunch of people from different backgrounds, you know. And yep, um, yeah, it was a. It's one of those things you look back on your life and like I wouldn't change it for the world. It was a. I'm really happy that I went there and did it. Which, like I said, it's one when you're in the thick of it, you don't like be granted. You don't look back. You're like that was a really cool moment, you know, mm-hmm. like you with your sports science internship. I'm sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't regret that at all. Um, so. Uh, We're going to get back into it with Seth Merrill uh, right after this break. All right, welcome back, Seth. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time out of your evening again. How excited are you for the new Beloit Stadium on a scale of 1 to 10? This is the – you and Beloit are the only two minor league baseball teams in the state of Wisconsin. I know it's a Mm -hmm. friendly rivalry, but I know, you know, part of it's got to feel good to know, like, that a new stadium is being built in Wisconsin to to keep Beloit around. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for them. Um, like you said, it's just a different organization than ours. I mean, like I'll, I might be in the minority, but I really like the one of Beloit Sea Games because I I think it was like a like an old school vibe to it. You know, you yeah. went there to like watch a baseball game. You know, um, it's a tiny field. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say like past times because obviously it's still gonna be around for a little while yet. But sure. Um, yeah, I remember uh, we had Chris Davis on a rehab, mm-hmm. and the Brewers were super worried because in Beloit, the players actually walked through the concourse to, like, get to the field. Yeah. They are worried about having, like, a big leaguer like Chris Davis having to, like, walk through the stands and stuff, you know? And, yeah, it's totally different. I mean, I'm really excited for them. Um, and it's, like, right downtown, too, right? Like, it yeah. It's, like, it's a really cool location. Yep, it's right on the river, right downtown. Um, I do yeah, I do remember when Chris Davis made that rehab appearance though for sure. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny like like when you had Ben Hill on. I like hundred percent agree with him, and I'm not trying to dog people, but to me it's super annoying when you go on Twitter and everybody's like dog and Beloit, and it's like they average like a couple hundred fans a game, and it's like if you really cared that much about um, you know the name and and snappy and everything like you should have been supporting them for the last five ten years it's like i hear where yeah. people two three years ago yeah it's just kind of ridiculous and i saw like one guy was dogging him and i clicked on his account and he said he is like a timber he's like oh i'm from appleton i'm a timberless fan and it's like you don't even, you probably don't even go to boy snapper games like why do you care right um well i'm excited for your fan i'm excited for the city um I hopefully I heard it's going to be kind of like a cool like redevelopment area. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully it's a good thing for the whole area. Um, super excited for that though. Yeah, cool. it sounds it sounds like it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, one night I uh, I may have had like 
one more drink than I should have. And um, I was mixing it up with people on Facebook, um, commenting commenting on the Snappers' um, Facebook post about, like, the team names and stuff like that. And um, that's basically what I said. I was like, like, hey, you guys – you guys don't really get to have an opinion anymore because you didn't come support the team when they were the snappers. So exactly. Yeah. It's crazy how much like, yeah. And obviously I like to have some bruise myself, but like you were on the like social media and people just dog your team and they make like points that don't make sense at all. Right. And you just, so, you want to correct them so much. It's probably like in any sort of business, you know, you, but you want to be, you know, you want to be such from the Tim brothers had too many old fashions and rolled up on, Joe Smith and started talking smack. You don't want to do that either, but yeah. it's just, yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. Um, but I hope that, I hope they support the team. Um, I really do. And usually I do too. Pretty brand and new team, they would, they do. So yeah, they, yeah. A lot of people are upset about these potential team names. Um, they think they're, yeah. they're ridiculous, but I mean, if you look at the grand scale of minor league baseball now, there's a lot of ridiculous names and they, mm-hmm. they all have good attendance for the most part, and they kill it in merchandise. So, I yeah. think I yeah, think I you got to go with a t- crazy team name. I had a, a kid I went to college with that I knew. Like he was like a friend of a friend. Um, he's a cop and boy, and uh, he had posted about it. And he was like, "These are dumb names." Blah blah. And I was like, "Like, how many games did you go to? Like, you they had like fourteen full season ticket holders. Like, you gotta like." get some more passion behind that brand and start over like no offense like the Beloit Snappers name I think is just kind of reached its point you know yeah. logo's old um and and I said to him I'm like he's like oh well is it gonna make him any money I'm like well I'm sure when the Trash Pandas came out and you know everybody was like it's a dumb name well two was it 2.5 million dollars in merch their first year it's like they're like <sighs> no way the you know yeah um, exactly and, and Ben Hill, I, I even see him like tweet about it. He's like, usually it's the teams that have like the biggest uproar end up making the most money off of merch and end up selling the most tickets, like you said. Okay. So. Perfect. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think of the potential new names? Um, mm-hmm. There's the Sky Carp, the Cheese Balls, the Polka Pike, the Moo, and the Supper Clubbers. Yeah, so, like, when I saw them, some I liked more than others. Um, like, the Moo, I thought it was okay, but, like, so we rebranded as the Utter Tuggers yep. last year, and that was a huge hit, and I was like, well, we kind of already, you know, we're in your state, we kind of already took that kind of vibe, and if right. they, like, if they do it, that's cool, but, like, I'd almost think they just want to do their own thing. Um, I thought, I really like the Supper Clubbers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think nationwide, a lot of people are like, what the supper like they might not know it what that necessarily means but like it's really big that that idea of a supper club especially in wisconsin's pretty you know going mm-hmm. out an old-fashioned or you know a martini and then go and eat some fried fish on a friday night at the supper club that's a big thing around here exactly and uh the uh green bay they used, they used to be the green bay bullfrogs now they're the green bay booyah so they're mm-hmm. a northwoods league team in green bay yeah that was actually one of their finalists too was the supper clubbers okay years back when they were rebranding um i just thought like from uh i just could like envision like a guy with like a curly mustache like holding like a baseball bat with like olives slipped through it you know like you know how the spears of olives and the old yeah. or whatever like I think there's some cool ideas like kind of like a classy look to it um, but I can see like the polka pikes just like over the top but like things like that sell so yeah. um, I'm sure they'll like I'm assuming they'll probably work with like Brandios or somebody to 
make a you know a cool logo and uh, color scheme and stuff. And I think that on paper, for a lot of people, they kind of think it's probably like lame or dumb names or whatever. But once you actually see it come to fruition, I'm sure it'll be pretty cool. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they pick. I keep looking, and I saw. Uh, they posted last week that they're saying sometime in 2021 they'll announce it, like the early spring, which is kind of disappointing because I don't really want to see what it is. But I'm assuming they're probably ordering merch and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. First, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, What's your favorite? Um. Ooh. I think the Supper Clubbers probably. I think that hits the closest to home as far as that goes for Beloit. Um, people love their supper clubs, man. Their fried fish and their yeah. old fashions out there. I, I think it just fits, honestly. I don't know where you go for like a logo, um, but I do I do like the name, the supper clubbers. Do you like? I guess I was wondering that. Like, I don't even know. Like, naturally, do probably most people don't know what a supper club is. No, like, I mean that's not like a national thing, right? Yeah, it's it's not a thing at all. I've mentioned it to a couple people, and they're like, "What are supper clubs?" And I've had to explain yeah. it. You know, but it's more or less just a restaurant where a lot of times what they make you do. It's a Wisconsin thing. I mean, because we like to drink our our alcoholic beverages here. But sure, you roll into a restaurant. There's a big bar. They make you sit at the bar first, have a drink drink or two an old fashioned the big Wisconsin drink uh, which is maybe whiskey or brandy and then you have a couple drinks at the bar they bring you your menu you literally order at the bar and then they sit you down to eat. it's usually fried fish or yeah I do I do love a good supper club though that's that's <laughs> for sure um and my um, my liver probably hates that I lived in Wisconsin um, <laughs> the, uh, the amount of of uh alcoholic beverages i drank in wisconsin was a lot um and it was just kind of work a work hard play hard mentality there in beloit like we were putting blood sweat and tears into that team and and when we were out of that stadium we were we were completely out (laughs) yeah that's how we are too and that's another cool thing i mean we go out for beers a lot or have beers up in the club level after the game nice yeah, it's kind of a vibe of Wisconsin, you know? Yeah, for sure. A, a lot of people don't understand that, um, but when I, I, try to, I try to help explain it, at least. Um, so. We're not, like, super big alcoholics or anything. We just like to have a beer, too, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. So let's talk about the game that you were at that featured an appearance by the White Wall Ninja. AKA Dakota Bacchus. I yeah. was the director of food and beverage at the time, and I remember it was a day game, and was, you, yeah. and you guys were there um, to have a staff outing on our all you can eat deck, um, mm-hmm. which oh such a great deal, honestly. Um, yeah, for sure. But um, and one of your staff members actually took the picture of the White Wall Ninja that made it into. USA Today and like all of these media yeah, outlets. The top card and all yeah. That. Yeah, so you're right. It was like, if I remember correctly, it was like late April, early May. And we do it every year. Another cool reason uh, working with the T Rats, like we usually do a Brewers game or we go to like, like King County or Beloit mm-hmm. um, for a day game to have some drinks and just check out another stadium. So I remember, yeah, we were, it was a day game. We were just on the deck having some beers. Um, and then my coworker, Ann, who still works for us, she brought the camera because she's our photographer and, like, social media person. Okay. And she was just going to take some pictures of our players in, like, away uniforms because yeah. usually we don't get that. Um, 
and we were watching the game, and like somebody pointed out, but they're like, yeah, the the guy from the bullpen's like out in like right field, and we were kind of looking at him, and yeah, sure enough, he's <laughs> all white. He had like a white like uh, what do you call it, like a the gator or whatever that goes over your head. Yeah, um, and like so at first we thought it was like funny. But the craziest thing was, like, how far he started going out. Like, he was in, like, dead center at one point. Um, yeah, so Ann's taking pictures of him, and it was pretty amazing. Um, and I don't know how the ump didn't see him out there, because yeah. at one point he was, like, talking to our center fielder. Like, they were carrying conversa- on a conversation, like, during play. Um, <laughs> but it was it was wild, man. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen at a live baseball game. Um and uh, honestly, I didn't even know he was still in the bigs, or excuse me, still in the minors until you had Ben Hill on. And then you mentioned that he had just made his major league debut, and I looked it up. So I quick ran into Ann's office. I'm like, hey, he's a white ball ninja major to the majors. And that was a pretty cool conversation. But yeah, it was cool to, it was cool to see in person because, like, who, yeah, like, how many people seen something like that? Um, I felt I was a little nervous for the guy, just in case, like if there was like a line drive out there and a player went for it, ran into him or whatever. You yeah. Know? But, it was super funny to see. I don't think it was the game that you were at that he finally got caught. Um, yeah, but he's saying that. Yeah, so he he did it for, I don't even know, like probably like, I don't know, half a dozen games or something like that. And um, the, one, the last time, clearly, um, a guy hit a double off of the wall and – He's standing there, you know, against the wall, and it hits right next to his head. Um, and so he flinched, and that's when the ump yeah. noticed that he was out there. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, was he just trying to see how far he could go, I'm guessing? Like, just so of entertainment for the, the bullpen? Yeah, basically. Like, it was just, like, his goal to make it to the other side, grab a drink of water from the other team's bullpen, and then work his way back. <laughs> It's nuts, man. But I yeah. get it. Like, you got to have some fun. Yeah. That bullpen knew how to have a lot of fun. That's for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but once that happened, the A's put the kibosh on it all. They they were like, you are going to sit on these benches until you are called to warm up. Like, there's you're not having any fun. <laughs> yeah. And rightfully so. Because that's, I mean, that's crazy. Like, what he was doing. Again, I thought it was super funny. But it's, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we alluded to this before. Um, the Timber Rattlers have a great front office that definitely knows how to have fun. Um, I just kind of want to reminisce about some of that. Um, the only time I really got to see you guys on a regular basis was the Midwest League All-Star Game. And, sure, yeah. um, you know, um, it was well known that the Beloit staff liked to have fun. And it was well known that the Timber Rattlers front office liked to have fun, um, especially sure. especially Ryan Cunniff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't change at all. No, not not to call him out, but um, no, he's he's a great guy, just a fun loving guy. Can talk to you about anything, um, and he he just has like the best stories about <laughs> just like. I know for a fact, like he prints like ran- like emails off like. W- 
while Chris Maring is is trying to print his stat packs and like it gets yeah. like in the middle of them and he and he does it on purpose sometimes I, I don't know Chris, if I should be like, saying that but he's like a I feel like he's kind of a legend in the, the the Midwest League just because he's just like so crazy like like fun yeah he's, yeah he's got a crazy background too because he was in the Army for a long yeah. time um, really good hockey player he played at St Norbert College which is like a Division three college hockey powerhouse in mm-hmm. Green um, he's still playing. Uh, he still plays semi-pro hockey. He's like the oldest player in the league. Really? He's like forty. Yeah, still plays the Green Bay Deacons. Um, but yeah, he's a character man. Um, but yeah, like it's like you said, it's kind of cool. Like the the All Star games are always like we'd always rob that anybody that wanted to go would go. Um, he'd pay for the tickets and everything. We just paid for our hotel rooms, which is pretty cheap because we'd you know sleep four to a room. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, so I've been to every one since 2011. Uh, some are, remember, some I don't. <laughs> sure. But uh, it's, yeah, and it was more remembered from the alcohol perspective than anything. But, right. Uh, yeah, it, it, we had a good time. I think it was well known that we have a good time, like you guys. And, yeah, we usually hang out with you guys a lot, too. And Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was a really cool, like, camaraderie thing just to see other people. Um, you know, now we have, like, the Midwest League meetings, which, it, which you see people. But this is more of a fun, like... Kind of like a party atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's always like crazy stories like kind of coming out of it with interns having too much drink or whatever. And yep. Dumb stuff happening. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool. It's a cool experience too to just see what other people, other teams do, you know? Um, so I've been able to see like 10 other teams, uh, 10 other ballparks and see how they're different from each other, what, who does what well. And yeah, um, yeah, it's always cool. Rob, Rob and Aaron are always great guys. You know, we'll give you advice sure. about things. Um, cause they've been, they've been there for a long time. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, just like I've met some of you guys as interns. I've met Jared. Um, I met the other Jared, um, who now I, he J Rod. Yeah. J Rod. He's a character too, man. He's not with you guys anymore. Also- right. So I actually took over J Rod's role okay. once he left. So J Rod left to go work for the Packers in corporate sales. Yeah, um, he only worked for the Packers for like six to nine months and just didn't care for it. He just he was he, he loved he loved like the vibe that we had. We were a small organization working like face to face with people. Where the Packers, you're talking to people all over the country that mm-hmm. are spending half a million dollars, and he said it was just a different vibe. Yeah, um, he's actually uh, he's actually a financial advisor now. Okay, um, he just had he got married a few years ago. He just had a second child uh, about a month ago. So wow, uh, he's doing good though. Yeah, it's cool too. Like when these people leave our organization, we're still really close to a lot of them. Yeah, um, yeah. J Rod actually got me my start in baseball. Uh, no, with the Mallards. He's the one that hired me as an intern. So okay, um, yeah, he great guy. Yeah, great guy. But yeah, it's uh, Mendoza League All Star Game is always a blast. Um, oh yeah, just. Just craziness, you know. Oh yeah, just craziness ensues when you when you get minor league, you know, staffers together. Um, all you can eat food, like you know, for the most part, you know, all you can drink for the most part. It's kind of a lot of beverages. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. crazy. I loved it though. Um, that was that was like the one thing that like Beloit like treated us to is is like sure yeah it, like we worked just so hard. They were like okay. If you want to go to the All Star Game, you can. It's on us. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoo!" So I took them up on it every year. I was there clearly, um, but yeah. So yeah, it was a lot. what years were you? What years were you with Beloit again? I was with yeah, Beloit from 2013 to 2017. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you were alive at one then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I try to remember like all the ones like uh, that have been like Peoria, right? Yeah, I went to went to Peoria, Dayton, West Michigan, West, West Michigan, Michigan. Um, yeah. and uh, Cedar Rapids. Yeah. Yeah. Those were some good ones. Oh yeah. West Michigan's was like the best. I thought where they had like that big tent on the beach, right? right on the yeah. Beach, right? Yeah, that was cool. Then we went. The pounders afterwards and had yep. some beverages. Yeah, probably should have stopped before that. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> good memories. Oh yeah, great memories. Um, that Glory memories, but good ones. That sports bar um, in downtown Peoria, right across from our hotel, Hoopers, I think it was called. Yeah, or Hoops. Yeah, it was Hoopers. Yeah, Hoops. Hoops. That's what it was. Yeah, that was a cool bar. Um, yeah. I have my craziest. Uh, all-star game story came from Peoria. Ooh. Uh, um, <laughs> it was funny, like, I was thinking about this earlier today, if there's any stories, like, I could tell you that weren't, like, inside, like, where you'd just be like, who's that person? Or were just, like, I didn't want to, like, just ruin somebody's life by telling this, like, dumb story about them being, having too many beers or whatever. No. But, um, I could tell the story, but, like, I don't, I'll, I won't say the person's name. He doesn't work in baseball. He's a, he was an intern. He's a, he works for, like, a beer distributor now, but. Okay. Um, so we were at Hoops, having some beers with everybody um this intern he was to get intern was like hey man i'm getting i'm tired out i'm ready to go back and it was like 1 30 i'm like yeah man i'll walk back with you you stay in the same room as me so we walked back to the room we had like a cooler beers in there anyway so we're like just having beers watching sports center or whatever so mm-hmm. i fell asleep like 2 2 30 and like this guy didn't seem like super drunk or anything i wake up at like five in the morning and i can hear somebody in the shower i was like why is somebody in the shower at five in the morning you know all of a sudden, like, somebody, like, goes out the hotel room, and it's this intern, and I was like, is he wearing any clothes? I don't think he was wearing clothes, you know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, like, ten minutes later, yeah, there's a knock on our door, and the intern had walked down to the front desk without me, with, like, he might have just had his boxers on, maybe? I don't even know, but <laughs> they're like, yeah, is this, is this your guy? And we're like, yeah. They're like, yeah, he came down to our front desk, kind of out of it, uh, without much on, so. Oh, we're like, gosh. okay. Wow, and he doesn't know why or how he went out to begin with, but um, yeah, I won't say his name. Like, he was an intern. Actually, I run into him every once in a while. Like I said, he's a he works for a beer distributor, and I mean, every once in a while, I see like a liquor store or something, and we still joke about it. Nice, he's a great guy, but yeah, <laughs> that's the type of stuff that happened though. It's some weird, bizarre stuff. Oh yeah, that's for sure. So I want to hear your side of the story of the Timber Adlers versus Snappers game that ended up ending early due to snow is being played in Beloit. Um, and you, yeah. te- you texted me about, about it when you heard that story. Um, yeah. So tell the listeners, what were you doing during that game? Yeah, so I think, so the way typically the Midwest League starts is you play like two games, like a Thursday and Friday at one place, then you play the same team at home. So for example, we played you guys Thursday, Friday, then we played at our ballpark Saturday, Sunday. So it's a four-game series, home and home. Um, but yeah, they were calling for snow that night, and Rob said we had to come in to help shove off the field so we could play. And uh, we came in at 7 o'clock at night, and we're, it was horrible. It was like, there's so much snow. Like, I was like, I don't think we're going to play it. But we we were the, uh, I was there six hours cool. shoveling the field. Ugh. And uh, we had the game on in Bo- the, we, were, we were playing you guys in Beloit We had the game on in Marion, 
was on the radio, and I remember him saying, like, I can't even see home plate right now. Like, I don't know how we're playing this game. Yeah. And I just remember, like, being shoveling in it was absolutely awful. And, uh, yeah, I remember coming in the next day, we'd even play the game, we ended up calling it after we had spent six hours shoveling oh. it, which was nobody's fault. I mean, yeah. the unset, it wasn't playable, and we got we understood that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just remember, it, just, it was just funny to me, because when you brought that up, I'm like, I remember that, because I was at the ballpark shoveling the field off while we were trying to play you guys, and that... Like I don't understand how they even played that game. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I remember because I, I was in the press box because I was the PA announcer and played the music, and um, there was almost nobody in the stands, of course, and I could hear the our catcher say to the umpire, "How long are we going to do this for?" And the umpire was like, "What do you mean?" And he's and the the catcher was Nick Collins. I I remember him, and he said he said I can't see the baseball coming at my face. Like he's like this guy's throwing ninety miles an hour. Yeah, it's it's not safe. And um, I remember there was I think a total of seven or eight errors in that one inning. and we ended up calling it. It ended up being an official game. Beloit came back and won because yeah. of, because of errors. But yeah, it's nuts, man. I can't even believe we played. It's weird. Like that's type of stuff we deal with in the Midwest, though. Like snow outs and yeah. I mean, we had there was two years ago, three years ago, we had a snowstorm that came through at the end of April. Well, it was the biggest snowstorm or second biggest snowstorm in Wisconsin history. We got like, two and a half feet of snow in like eighteen hours. I was gonna say we that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't play at our ballpark for a week. We had it was so full of snow. Like you couldn't even leave your house for two days. And then um, we ended up having to play in Illinois. Our home games in Illinois. I think we played in Kane County in Peoria. Okay, uh, but it was like yeah, it's like you don't have to deal with that down south. I mean, granted, they have their own their own problems, whether it's hurricanes or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. Ugh, it's there's it's nothing worse than uh, shoveling the stands out of a ballpark. I felt so old. That was where I really dated myself. I felt so old. I was just so sore shoveling oh, yeah. still seven straight days, you know? Yeah. I remember one time we had to um, have, a like, a bucket brigade because the one, the one dugout got completely flooded and, like, the pump, the water pump, like, didn't work. And so we... The li- sub pump broke. Yeah, the sub oh, pump yeah. broke. And so we literally had to get in there with buckets and just have like a complete bucket brigade. Mm-hmm. We were just passing our passing the bucket down, dumping it, and then like it it took, you know, I think like three or four hours to do that, but Yeah. That's the type of stuff you deal with in Miley baseball. Oh you know? yeah. Like it's just part for the course. Like there's just so many like odd things that you have to you have to deal with. It's funny. It's it makes for cool stories, you know, but for sure. Like, like I enjoy listening to your podcast. Do you like it it's cool to let other teams and they have to deal with just the crazy stuff you have to deal with too but you know it yeah. makes you feel like yeah it's like we're all in this together you know exactly exactly and that's why I started the podcast honestly so um yeah it's awesome thank you um so why is Chris Maring always not in a good mood when he sees me <laughs> I I understand that he has to come to Beloit and he has to work in a tiny press box that you know like isn't up to you know good technology right standards, standards, but <laughs> um, I mean, dude, s- smile, have have a good time. I don't make the best of it, you know. I don't understand. He, he's just a character, man. Like I told you, like we kind of talked about this off off air. He, it's just his personality. He's an yeah. interesting cat. Uh, 
he's yeah he's been around for her he's another guy's been around with us for like 15 years maybe yeah the crazy thing is he, he used to work in corporate sales and do radio so he used to do like what i did and that's just like that sounds yeah, ridiculous <laughs> yeah he yeah, like I, I told you this. He calls me Sasha. He, he doesn't refer to me as Seth. He refers to me as Sasha. Like, there's no reason behind it. He just thinks it's funny. <laughs> and he just continually calls me Sasha. And, like, we'll have, like, a new employee, and they'll be like, why does he call you Sasha? And I'm like, I don't know. That's just what he calls me. <laughs> so then I started calling him Curtis Meringue. <laughs> so every time I see him, I just call him Curtis Meringue now. Oh, gosh. Um, that's funny. But, yeah, don't take it personally, man. That's how he acts to everybody. Yeah. So I, I kind of figured that. I've had conversations with, with other people in your front office about that, and they kind of told me the same thing. I just I just wanted to make a point about it. <laughs> so, don't take it personal. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's almost like a Midwest League legend, too, I kind of feel. Like, yeah. he's been around for a, like, as a broadcaster. I mean, there's not too many broadcasters that have stuck around with the team for as long as he does. Like, that's he does, true. He's really on top of his stuff, and... Um, yeah, you don't ever have to worry about, you know, especially like like uh the bus company is my account. Okay. That we deal with labor's bus lines and he handles all the all the travel and everything. You just never have to worry about it. It's really interesting that yeah, he's really on top of that stuff, but he's just a interesting dude. That's yeah. That's for sure. So <laughs> yeah. Seth, where can the listeners find you on social media? Sure. Um, so I do have a Twitter account. I don't use it too too much. I usually use it more to like info find and find out like cool sports rumors and stuff. Okay. Um, it, like uh, it is. It's T Rat Seth is my Twitter account. Uh, and also like my coworkers make fun of me all the time because I like craft beer a lot and I have an untapped account. I'm yeah. Untapped is. Yeah. So anyway, for some reason it's like hooked up to my Twitter. So whenever like I hit like a badge and untapped, it goes to my Twitter. My coworkers just call me like the biggest lush ever because you can earn like five badges off one beer. So they just think I'm at home just pounding beers all the time. <laughs> so my Twitter feed is just pull these badges. So entertainment just go on my Twitter feed and see like 500 like craft beer badges I heard from this app. Anyway, nice. So yeah, if, you're not going to find much on there from me except for these badges. If you're interested in that, cool, check it out. Um, otherwise, yeah, Instagram's probably the one I, you know, that's just pictures of my, my wife and kids and fun baseball stuff here and there. But that's uh, SethM83 uh, on Instagram. Otherwise, yeah, always LinkedIn too. I'm always happy to connect with people. It's a lot of fun um, connecting with people in the in the industry or people that just like my league baseball. Um, yeah. Especially now because it's a, it's a weird time. You know, we're kind of just all trying to water until we get a schedule and we even know what's going on. And, yeah. Um, that's, that's been the one bright spot is connecting with other people, um, in the industry. It's really nice to kind of, yeah. you know, you're not alone just waiting for this stuff and kind of learning from other people. So I'm always happy to connect with folks. Right. I'm, you know, you hear rumors, um, about teams moving leagues and, um, affiliations and stuff like that with everything going on mm-hmm. in minor league baseball. Um, and I would right. I would think you guys are pretty safe as a as a Brewers affiliate, right? Yeah, they used our ballpark as their uh, practice squad, or excuse me, their taxi squad. Oh, this past season, cool. Two. So, how did that yeah, go? We're, 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 it was cool. Um, unfortunately, we were hoping to be able to have fans for it, um, but literally, like, we were in touch with the Brewers, and they were pretty cool with allowing us to have fans. And we were like on the verge of like putting something out, and it was literally the same day uh, the Marlins, all the Marlins tested positive. So, yeah. and I'll be putting the kibosh on that pretty quick. Uh, it, but it was, I mean, from a baseball fans' perspective, it was cool. Like I'd go out during lunch and just go out and watch. Um, Ryan Ryan Braun was there for a couple days because he was injured. Yeah, so I just sat, so walked walked out. There's nobody else there, you know. So, yeah. um, it was cool to yeah, it was cool to see. Um, it went well. 
Um, it was weird because you, they kind of went through their own ends, like for certain areas of the ballpark we couldn't go into because obviously they were testing every day and they didn't want mm-hmm. their players interacting with us. Yeah. Um, but it was a cool experience. It was cool to see, yeah, from a personal perspective, like I could go see stuff. Um, it was a bummer the fans couldn't come and see it. But, yeah. Um, it, it was neat though. I got invited to go to a Phillies taxi squad game at uh, the oh, Lehigh cool. Valley Iron Pigs and I was on my way up there. I was probably about halfway there. And um, the person that invited me, a buddy of mine, he called me and said the commissioner shut them down. They said that they're not allowed to have fans anymore. So yeah, yeah. that's. I don't think I don't know if any team was able to monetize it because it all happened. All that stuff happened so quick between the Marlins and the Cardinals and stuff. Yeah, Um, that was like right at the beginning when they were starting to practice. I think the Phillies were able oh. to do it for like a couple games, and then, but that was it. Like all the all the money yeah. was going to their charities and stuff like that, anyways. But um, yeah, they yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, I think it happened. I think it lasted for about a week until they got shut down. But yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, it, yeah, everybody just wanted to see like every game. Like I said, we went the Docs players. We saw every game. I mean, granted, it was only like four hundred people, but right. people were just itching to see some sort of live sports. Yeah. Um, you know, socially distanced, of course, but yeah, yeah, it was a bummer we couldn't have fans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I kind of wish there was like a Collegewood Bat League team around here that I could have went and saw. You know, since the Shorebirds weren't weren't playing, but um, so, anyways, uh, so you know how I end each episode. What's the best walk up or warm up song you've heard during your time in MILB, and whose was it? Yeah, actually, so this is a little different. Um, but so our manager, Matt Erickson has been with us since like, he's been our manager, I think since 2012. Okay. Um, he's a coach before then. He's, he's probably like early forties, but anyway, he had a cup of coffee with the brewers, I think early two thousands and or maybe even, and then like he, I think he was drafted by the Marlins in like the late mid to late nineties. Well, anyway, his walk up song at that time was return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. You know that song? Like, yes. The 90s. It's my Last favorite season. song ever. Is it really? Yes. I think it's the best song no ever made. Well, so I think this is funny, and I think our fans don't really get it. But So, yeah, this was his walk-up song when he was in the minors. And, the, like, he had a few at-bats in the majors. But so now, like, ever since I've been with the Timber Rattlers, whenever he comes out to argue with an umpire, they play Return of the Mac as he walks out. <laughs> so I just think it's, like, the funniest thing. Because, like, like that was like his walk-up song when he was the minors, and obviously he doesn't request that we play it. But like somehow we found that out. Somebody from our office found that out, and now they just play it every time he like argues a call, or he's like, so he'll just be like yelling at the umpire, and they'll be playing like Return of the Mac really loud on the loudspeakers. I just think it's funny. Yeah, that um, my answer for sure. <laughs> I had a manager. Um, he's actually the manager for the A's Triple uh, A team now out there in Vegas. Um, okay. Fran Reardon, and um, great guy to work with, honestly. And um, so. Yeah, he was our manager in Beloit, and he requested a walkout song for when he pulled a pitcher. <laughs> really? It was That's it was awesome. it was like a I remember it was an ACDC song. I'm pretty sure, but I nice. can't I can't remember what song it was. AC. But like as soon as he walked out there, like super fast, you just knew you had to play it. It was it was super funny though. I'd never heard of a manager asking awesome. for for a walkout song before. That's cool. Yeah, I gotta have some fun too, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, so that's it, man. I I really appreciate you, Seth, for taking the time to to come on to the Pulling Tart podcast and reminisce and tell some stories for me and uh, the listeners. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for coming on the Pulling Tart podcast. 
Hey, Bobby, I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, I've been listening to the, a lot of episodes, um, and I appreciate, yeah, obviously, all you're doing uh, for League Baseball and then everybody else that you've had on. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I keep doing what you're doing. It's a, it's a really great podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll ride out with Return of the Mac, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. <laughs> for sure, man. Anytime. Let me know. All right. Thanks, man. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.